0: New Grove. New Grove. New Grove. New Grove. Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where Grove. one of our core values is Christian education. New Let's Piney tune in Grove. to this week's message. Today, has been changed from what would normally be a Sunday to what people are now calling Super Sunday. But if Sunday is the day that Jesus conquered death, every Sunday is super. The word revelancy has been defined already by director of faith development. But I want to just say to you that the word revelancy is not recorded in scripture. But our English word for revelancy can be applied to scripture. Now, revelancy, according to one dictionary, is a condition of being revelant. To a matter, I think somebody said it matters, to a matter at hand. There are four words, brother teacher, that I want you to kind of look at to get an understanding of what the word revelant means. Number one, appropriate. That implies anything that's right or correct. Number two is significant. Something having a major impact upon one or something that is meaningful. Number three is necessary. Something that's required. Something that is crucial. Something that's needed. And lastly, important. Something vital, something influential, something that has priority and something that's essential. Unfortunately for many, the Bible, which is the word of God, no longer has a relevancy in their lives. But for Christians, Scripture should never be irrelevant, because it addresses the universal vital need of all mankind, and that is to know God. You see, through Scripture, we learn how to experience forgiveness and receive salvation. To discover how the Lord would have us to live. Our daily life. As it had already been brought out. Time may change. But the word of God is timeless. It does not change. Can you think with me for a moment? Every first Sunday. Many Christians like us. Gather to. Participate in what is called Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper. Somebody also called it the Last Supper, but it ain't the last one because he said he will sup with us again. We partake of the bread, which represents Christ's body, the fruit of the vine in some form which represents or symbolizes Christ's blood. For us, Christians, it's a big deal. Most of us, and notice I said, most of us dress according to the occasion. We have certain colors. The black we wear represents the sinless, this sinful past of our lives. The red signifies the blood that cleanses us from those sins. And the white we wear illustrates the cleansing power of the blood. According to Scripture, God desires for us to become whiter than snow. Therefore, for us, the blood has reverency in our life. For us, it is relevant because Jesus gave his life by pouring out his blood so that we could have access to our Heavenly Father. Our selected text provides us with compelling evidence that the blood which was shed over two centuries ago still is relevant today. First, our Old Testament scripture, which is in Leviticus, refers to what is known as the Mosaic Covenant. It was the way that God dealt with the sins of his people. And the main focus in the Old Covenant, or the Mosaic Covenant, was the blood sacrifice of Aramal as a payment for the sins of God's people. I'm going to read this again. I want us to kind of slow down and you kind of look at it with me. Leviticus 17 and 10 says, and any man from the house of Israel, that means God's people, or from the aliens who sojourned among them, that means people who have come in and embraced Israel God, who eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats the blood and will cut him off from among my people. Strong language. The main reason for this restriction about eating blood was because blood was sacred, being the major element in the sacrificial ritual. Can you think in the natural death for a minute? Blood carries life-sustaining elements to all parts of the body. Therefore, it represents life itself. Without blood, there is no life. Now, what did I say? Without blood, there is no life. Look at verse 11 now with me. For the life of the flesh is where? In the blood. And I have given it to you on the altar, on the altar to make an atonement for your soul. It is the blood by reason of life that makes an atonement. The key word which is used twice in this passage is atonement. Atonement is a process by which God people can be cleansed from defilement of sin by a substitutionary sacrifice. The scriptures state in that the only way that atonement can take place for the soul is through the blood. Now the purpose of the atonement through the blood was to, number one, appease. To appease God, that is to satisfy God's demand. Number two, to appropriate. Probate is a hard-pronouncing word that really means to cover, but we're going to appropriate the sin, so God used this to cover the sins or to conceal the sin. Number three, atonement means to remove guilt. It does not say that the person is no longer guilty. It removes guilt, doing away with them by hiding them from view. And lastly, atonement means to pardon to pardon sinners, to acquit them to the sinners. You know why? Because there are not enough evidence to convict him. Somebody know what I'm talking about because, see, Jesus died a sinner's death. And if you were in him, double jeopardy don't apply. So for the Jews, the blood was important. It was treated with the utmost respect, even today. When they killed an animal, they carefully drained out the blood of the animal before they ate it. This is known as kosher. I have a problem with some things that I hear people say about kosher. That's not kosher. I don't know where y'all get that from. But I remember once going to the deli in one of the stores and they had kosher dill pickles. I don't figure that one out either. Dill pickles ain't got no blood, so how can it be kosher? But that's another story. But for the Jews not to kosher their meat, it was a gross sin. It was one of the most horrific things that could happen. So imagine the shock when these Jewish disciples who had followed Jesus in the New Testament heard these words from the lips of Jesus, recorded in John 6, 54 and 55. He who eats my blood, excuse me, he who eats my flesh and drank my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The King James said, indeed. In Leviticus, these restrictions on blood referred to that of an animal. That was the old covenant. But Jesus was speaking of a new and better covenant. The Bible says that when Jesus entered to what we call communion, he said these words recorded in Mark 14, verse 24. And he said to them, this is my blood in the new covenant, which is shed for many. The old covenant, in some version they may say testament, was insufficient. It was not instituted or intended to be a permanent solution to the same problem. Again, I want you to look at me in scripture where it says about blood. In Hebrews 4, excuse me, 10 and 4, it says, For it was impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. If you don't remember anything else about this message, I want you to remember this line. The value of the life is measured by the value of the blood. The value of the life is measured by the value of the blood. Christ's blood is far superior to the blood of an animal. And since the life of the flesh is in the blood, whenever Jesus says my flesh, it cannot be separated from my blood. As stated earlier, the blood carries life-sustaining elements to every part of the human body. In doing so, it's the blood that carries out three main functions for the organs of the human body. That is to transport, to protect, and to regulate. None of the organs can work without the blood. The heart. Is the most important organ in the human body. The heart functions to pump blood through all the cells in the body. So the heart has no purpose without the blood. Therefore, the condition of the heart determines the effectiveness of the blood. I'll say it again because y'all looking at me like y'all ain't got it. The condition of the heart. Determine the effectiveness of the blood. Y'all, 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 y'all keep that. See, because in the Gospel of John, some of the followers of Jesus had a heart problem. Their heart condition caused them to misinterpret Jesus' message. And their misunderstanding of the message led to them to reject the messenger. I, I really want to say that again. Somebody mentioned earlier about knowledge. Their misunderstanding of the message led them to rejection of the messenger. I got to kind of give you some history. It's going to take a little longer than I normally would take for a message, but there are some events that are leading up to chapter 6. Verse 54, that's, that blows my mind. In chapter 5, Jesus healed this man. Some of you may remember the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. This man had been paralyzed for 38 years, and that was a, a, a some type of spiritual phenomenon that when the water got stirred up, the first one in the water would be healed. So Jesus walking and seeing this man, and he said, "Do you want to be healed?" And he said, "But, but, but," he said, "Yeah, I do, but I can't get in the pool by myself because I ain't got nobody." <laughs> Jesus simply told him, "Get up, take up your couch." And when people heard about this, many people began to follow Jesus. This herd of people following Jesus, listened to his message, and one day Jesus saw him getting hungry, so he asked Philip, "What can we do to feed him?" The Bible says he fed 5,000 men. How many did I say? There were more women and children than these 5,000 men. It's been estimated he fed fed over 10,000 people with two fish, five loaves of bread. The people were so impressed they wanted to make Jesus king. Jesus, knowing this, he withdrew into a mountain by himself and prayed alone. His disciples... Decided they wouldn't go to the other side of Galilee, to Caprina. They got on the ship, got caught in a storm. In the midst of the storm, here comes Jesus walking on the water. He gets in the boat, and the Bible says immediately, as soon as he got in the boat, David's at the other side. Now, this trip was 12 miles. They hadn't, they hadn't gone before. But as soon as Jesus got in the boat, David's at the other side. So we see here that there was a miraculous transport. What I, what I call it, deep uh, transportation. Uh, what, what the scholar used to do, transport it. The crowd wondered where Jesus was. They know he was in the boat, so they got in the boat. They got to the side. Guess what? Jesus is already there. They said, "How you get here?" They had been working hard to try to find Jesus, so hard. Jesus said, "Y'all didn't come over here working so hard." Because of the miracles. Y'all came over here because I fed you. Then he warned them. He said, y'all need to work. Not for food. But y'all need to do the work of God. And they said, what is the work of God? And then they did something. Here's what blew my mind. They asked him for a sign. Now, he already done fed people. He already healed the man, And they asked him for a sign. And then they got arrogant. They said Moses. The great Moses gave us bread from heaven. What can you do? And this is how Jesus responded. If you look at verse 48 of chapter 6. He said I am. The bread of life. See they had gotten smart with Jesus. And he gets smart right back out. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read it the way I think we can kind of get the picture. Your father ate man in the wilderness, and they dead. What did. What say, Ross? And they died. This is bread which come down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. Man did not have any power to give eternal life, but Jesus spoke it himself as the bread of everlasting life and then he goes on to say I am they got it some of y'all might not get it I am I am the living bread that came out of heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread also which I give from the life of the world is my what now, what did I say? Whenever you see flesh, it refers to the blood. Jesus was referring to his death on the cross. His body would be broken. Blood would be poured out as a sacrifice to sin. He would die as a substitute and pay the penalty for our sins that it demanded so we could live forever. And then he goes on to say in verse 52, Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourself. Jews were still thinking in terms of physical bread. And they failed to realize that the Lord Jesus was giving them a physical thing to teach them a spiritual truth. He goes on to say, he who eats my flesh and drank my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is true food, a food indeed, and my blood is true drink. Verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drank my blood abide in me and I in him. Confusing? Let me see if I can make sense of it. You see, when we eat physical food, There's life-sustaining properties in that food which is transported by the blood to every part of our body. It takes on our very being and becomes a part of us. To drink Jesus' blood is to accept him as Savior and Lord. Thus he becomes our life source. He abides in us and we abide in him. The men in our text had a heart condition. Remember I said the condition of the heart determines the effectiveness of the blood. The men in our text had a heart condition. likewise, maybe somebody here today have a heart problem. And some of y'all don't know y'all have a heart problem. The condition of your heart gonna determine your action and your beliefs. So the reason that some of y'all couldn't get touched when the is going on with that spirit high is because you got a heart problem. Like the man then you probably don't consider the blood of Jesus rather. So I'm gonna ask you some questions. Do, 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 do you have a heart condition? Do you have a heart condition? If so, the blood of Jesus is not relevant to you. That's why it's not a big thing when we have our first Sunday celebration. The condition of your heart determines the effectiveness of the blood. But you don't need a blood transfusion. You need a heart transplant. And guess what? Jesus wants to be your donor. You 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 may have heart disease. Now in the natural, the most common cause of heart disease is the lifestyle you choose to live. The choices you make cause a plaque to build up in your arteries, which is the blood flow throughout the body. In the spiritual, the most common cause of heart disease is your lifestyle you choose don't line up with the word of God. This causes it builds up a resistance, which hinders the Holy Spirit from flowing all parts of your body and preventing you from having a close relationship with Jesus. Or, or you may be experiencing a heart attack, and the natural heart attack occurs when your, your your arteries become suddenly blocked and blood stops flowing, causing all the body function to shut down. In the spiritual. A heart attack occurs when the cares of this world certainly block up the power of God, causing the Holy Spirit to become greed. Or oh, you may not have that, but maybe you got heart failure. And the natural heart failure can be the results of lack of exercise. It's a condition where the heart muscles are so weak they're unable to pump enough blood to meet all the body's demands. In the spiritual, heart failure occurs when the lack of involvement in things of God thereby quenching the Holy Spirit and your spirit man becomes weak you see natural blood helps the body defend against diseases but Jesus' blood says in Psalm 103 2 and 3 he will heal all your diseases in the natural blood helps supply nutrients to the body but Jesus' blood, according to Philippians 4.19, will supply all your needs. In the natural, blood helps to maintain that temperature. and Some of y'all are hot-headed. But his blood will calm the storm and calm you too. You see, in the Old Testament, animal blood was a down payment. In the Old Testament, animal blood was a deposit. In the Old Testament, animal blood was just a layaway plan. In the Old Testament... Alma, blood was just a promissory note. Yeah. But aren't you glad that there's a New Testament? You see, in the New Testament, Jesus' blood is a done deal. In the New Testament, Jesus' blood is a complete transaction. In the New Testament, Jesus' blood is paid in full. In the New Testament, Jesus' blood is... Now, I ask you, is the blood resonant? You, you, you don't have to say anything. Sometimes your appearance speaks for you. You see, if the blood is revelant, then that means the entire Bible is revelant. It not only tells you how to live, but it tells you how to die. Those who die in the Lord will be raised at the last day. It's amazing. These people asked for a sign, and when Jesus told them to eat his blood, they end up saying, "This is a hard saying. Who can deal with it?" And the Bible says on later down that those disciples went back. Walk no more with them. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go also? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the word of the eternal life. We need to stop fooling ourselves. First of all, everybody in the church ain't saved. And a lot of people in the church got a heart condition. I can guarantee you, percentage wise, seat capacity, there'll be more people at Buffalo Wild Wing and all the other sports bars this afternoon compared to the church. For a simple Ball game. Some people will take off and prepare all day for a Super Bowl party, and we're going to have a party right here, supping with the Lord. No, brother teacher, the blood is not reveling. Because the Bible ain't reverent. The Holy Writ tell us. To do this as often as you can. In remembrance of me. We don't remember. Because his blood is not revelant. But the question is. Has his blood been applied to your life? We're going to give you an opportunity right now. You stand with me now. Last time I checked, there's a blood shortage in our nation. many organizations that we used to do as well will have events called blood drives where people will come and ask to donate that blood and we get all into that but to remember the blood that saved us is not reverent but that was a precious price he paid. If you're here today and you don't know him as your savior, he he wants to cover you in his blood. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.